Conquer Life's Mountains with Mitsubishi. Powering Ian Collins once a word. Good evening. It's nice to be back. Ian Collins wants a word. Well, you're not going to believe what's happened here. The Queen gets a 60-year gong, the nation takes 150 days off work, and we return with a peach of a pod, subject to a government U-turn, of course. This, boys and girls, is no ordinary show. Oh, no. It's a fast-living, super-sizzling, heat-beaming, sun-shining, rip-roaring roast-off of what we call a summer special. Get me trunks, kids! On the programme, this... Share-shagging, singing super-stoner, Sonny Bono! And you might just wet yourself with glee at this... Love it, chips and gravy. Yeah. All the cider you can drink. Hey, see, that's Del Strain. He's back with a surprise later. And we'd be arrested for neglect if we didn't proffer some of this. Julie Stevens, Carol Ward, Eric Thompson, Terence Holland, Valerie Pitts. So all of that is on its way. Here he is, everybody. The Andy Coulson <laughs> podcasting. What is that supposed to mean? I don't know. It's such okay. Are you feeling summery? Very Collins? summery, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very su- it's a summer special, isn't it? It is a summer special. It's It'd like be shat if I didn't feel summery on our own summer special. When you were a kid, remember that your favourite comic would have a summer special, which would come out usually oh, in like March. How exciting! Was and it was like special. it was three times as thick and had yeah. like games and puzzles and yeah. usually a picture of like Banana Man Who on was the that? beach. Who was that comic with the goofy teeth? Don't say goofy. <laughs> comic with the goofy teeth. It was a guy with an S. Spider-Man? <laughs> I don't, you can't see, see his, his teeth. He's got a mask on. It's true. Uh, if anybody knows, uh, tweet at Ian Collins UK, please. And the other thing is, other memories of, not we're doing memories of school holidays, but in the summer, because you get like six or eight weeks off. I remember being a kid, we got nine weeks off. You get so bored by the end of it. Nine? Nine weeks. Why nine? Well, it wasn't really nine. It was six. We forgot to go back to school for three weeks. But um, be the beginning of your, your summer uh. holidays... And you'd walk past, say, Littlewoods and say, back to school. And have all the uniforms and back to school. You're just off. Go back to school. Do you remember seeing a teacher in town in jeans? Yeah. That's, that was too weird. Four. <laughs> yeah, that was scary, seeing those suckers mooching around the town. Did you have any teachers that you would have liked to have seen out with the school environment? <sighs> Miss Kennedy. Oh. Yeah. I think she shacked up with Mr. Borwell, dirty old goat. <laughs> I say that because he was about 72 and she was about... 19. There was always a bit of that, though, wasn't there? So they were both PE teachers. Oh, it's always PE teachers. Always PE teachers. Always PE yeah. teachers. Who never had to dress up for the school code. Oh, now I wear a tracksuit. <coughs> oh, you a chav. You're the bloody teacher. Dress up, man! Kev, what do you got there? Summary questions and feedback via social media, yep. like Facebook and Twitter. Just to explain, these are the questions we've had over the last couple of weeks. Yes, indeed. Or um, some of them. So that, you know, when some of them have references to things that have happened over yep. the past couple of weeks... You'll know what we're on about. From Randy Oldman. Randy says, you guys need a female on the podcast. Uh, a female perspective is always good, and so are Tess! Thank you, Randy. Yeah, we can do that. Can we? Who? Uh, my sister. We're going to get your sister in. <laughs> She'd love it. Right. Next. A couple of related questions from Paul in Cambridge, who says, did you two dress up for the Jubilee celebrations? And also from Diesel, who says, missed you over Jubilee week. Did you guys celebrate our glorious leader? I know, because I went, I was working. Uh, whereas Kev went to a fancy dress party. Well, it was a street dressed party. Dressed as a... <laughs> <laughs> it 
it was a street party in fairness. And, you know, when they did send around the, the little letters, it's sort yeah. of like, uh, we're going to be doing this, it's going to be a barbecue, it's all going to be great. Uh, and also, can you wear red, white, and blue? Really? No. Really, really no. I mean, red socks, blue shirt, blue trousers, and that vest you wear when you're out in the garden. <laughs> well, as we touched you on, you love that. As we touched on before the break, um, I um, the break we had, not the adverts. Mm. Uh, I, you know, I have my asbo and all that kind of thing, yeah. and I wasn't especially. I was a bit dubious about the whole yeah. idea of a street party, but it was actually all right until I pushed over one of the gas barbecues and there was a small fire. But you know, these things do happen when you've had seventeen cans of Stella. <laughs> From Mel in Dundee, can you guys recommend a good thriller to watch? I'm having a second date at my house. Ooh, fancy. And I'd like some scary action so I can play the great protector. Any thoughts, gents? Um, she got the right podcast. It must be a he, Mel, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. It doesn't really specify. Well, I don't know either. A thriller. Something it's genuinely scary. Hmm. Ah, oh, shit. I don't know. What's this? Red State. Have you seen that? No. It's more. It's a, a Kevin Smith film, but it's more sort of psychologically scary than blood. But a lot of people die, and there is a lot of blood in it. But that's quite a scary film if you like intelligent things about this. You know the Phelps family who pick at all these soldiers' funerals and... I've interviewed her many times. Oh, have you? Shirley Phelps Roper. Oh, blimey. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of loosely based on them. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. You'd like it. Is it a thriller? It's a sort of... Psychological. Horror thriller thing. The uh, Silence of the Lambs is still a scary movie. It's not bad, is it? Yeah, it's still quite scary. And the follow-up, which was a bit crap, but um, there is a brain-eating scene in it. Yeah. Things like um, Single White Female, those kind of movies. That's a good one. That's a great movie. But if you're looking for truly scary videos, if you search around YouTube, I'm sure you'll find some of Ian on uh, on live TV back in the day, which was horrifying. <laughs> Bloody right it was. From Jen, yay, summertime, I'm off on holiday in a few days, can I bring you anything back? Uh, it depends where you're going, really. Stick of rock would be nice, wouldn't it? Yes, not unless you, if you go to Malaga, then no. Did you ever finish a stick of rock? I don't think anybody did. I, I, don't, never, think, I don't think it's possible. never liked rock either as a kid. Really? Just, the only thing I liked about rock is that living, growing up near a place called Folkestone, which, for those who don't know, is a hole <laughs> on the south coast. <laughs> I used to go, we used to go down there in the summer holidays, and there's a hill... Uh, I can't think of the name of the hill, but it sort of connects the beach to up the town. And down this hill are loads of little shops, oldie-worldie shops, usually selling gifts. And right at the top, there's a rock shop, and you can stand in the middle and watch the guy make the rock. Oh. And have you ever seen that process? Yeah, I have, yeah. Because it starts off massive, doesn't it? Yeah. It's like one of those pythons that you see on an Attenborough show. It looks like a <laughs> anaconda is just... Pitched up in a Folkestone shop window. And then a man comes along, not with a knife, but with a pair of scissors. Yes. They cut it with a pair of scissors. And it has Folkestone written all the way through it, which is extraordinary. Folkestone Rock. Folkestone Rock. Mm. And then they put that little picture in. I don't know what the picture of Folkestone had, really. Anything else Jen can get you while she's away, wherever she's going? Uh, if you're going to Spain, you can bring me back a bullfighting poster. Because they're always pretty cool, aren't they? The ethics are questionable, but, you know, that's another podcast. Uh, if I told you I saw Il Inglese, Ooh. would you know what that meant? No. But I went to a bullfight. I remember this. Yeah, I went to a bullfight because having a loads of debates on it on the radio, and I thought, you know, I'm going to go and settle this one once, and I'm going to go to the bullfight, and I will see whether the bullfight's any good. When I get there, on the bill is the only British bullfighter who goes by the name of Il Inglese, whose okay. name is something like, isn't that first name is Frank. He's from Manchester, I kid you not. Okay. And he was the best goddamn bullfighter of the lot. 
But he must have still felt a little bit icky about the whole thing. It was a bit weird. He walked on on cobbles. <laughs> Where's that bloody bull? <laughs> You've not been here a while now. <laughs> but it's it's a, it's a bit weird, because there is a sort of a... There's an odd adrenaline thing. Mm. When that bull comes out, you just think, whoa, the guy can't win. That's just too big. This is hundreds of pounds of fighting kit. Yeah. And it's got bloody great big horns. And Frank, the Mancunian, is about five foot three. Yeah. How is he going to deal with that bit of clobber coming at him? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's grim. But, of course, you can't tell a Spaniard that, because to them it's traditional. Of course. And it's all about domination. It's kind of sort of flamenco-like in its uh, sort of artistic properties. Graceful. Yeah, I see where they're going with that. But, nonetheless, it's very bloody. It's very brutal. It's not nice. No. Don't go. If you go to Spain, don't go. Go to see the pissed ones where <laughs> drunk Brits... Get in there with a baby bull. You've seen those? No, what? Yeah, you can do that. This happens. Yes, it, you can get drunk and fight a bull. Well, but you, I don't think that's part of the. I don't think you pay for that. What? Here's your ticket. <laughs> here's your Stella. Here's your gording. I think. Yes, that's right. Yeah, and here's your hole in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they something like yeah. You run around and the bull hasn't got horns and it just butts you or something. It's a little tiny thing. Butts your butt. Butts your butt. From Kelvin in London. I'm watching you two bastards. Oh, yeah. Yeah, moving on. Uh, from Danny, I actually quite like Vernon Kay. Can I still listen? No. No. From Nev in Manchester, why don't you just have one site where we can listen to this podcast rather than the 101 you appear to have? Well, we don't have 101. No. There's various ways to listen to this, whether you're listening from iTunes or from your chosen Android app, which might be Stitcher or something else. But then there are other websites that take the podcast and put it onto their site. And there are a lot of them. There are hundreds around yeah. the world. Yeah. And there's nothing you can really do about that. And they're not, um, I'm not talking about a guy in his bedroom with a website. I'm talking about official sites that mm. allow pods to be downloaded. And we seem to have uh, popped up on about 792 of those. About 792. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. But, you know, there is another way to listen to the podcast, which is you can just come here and sit in the corner and, and watch. Yeah, I mean, we invite that. We you know, do. If you drop us an email, either ian at onceaword.com or kev at onceaword.com, and just say you'd like to um, tell us what your special talent is, because we don't <laughs> yes. want any boring old twine just sitting in the corner. If you can juggle soot or something <laughs> like that, that would be fantastic. You can just sit there. Bring some KFC with you as well. Oh, yeah, and some money. That'd be yeah. nice. That always works. That sounds like a good deal. Yes. A bag of KFC and £500 <laughs> will gain you entry to see this live right now. That's a good night out, really, yeah. isn't it? You'll kick yourself in the morning, though, <laughs> when you wake up with Ian. Yeah. If you've got any questions you want to put to us, uh, those email addresses, as I just mentioned, or, of course, uh, you can tweet at Ian Collins UK. Thank you. So the scream means only one thing, everybody. Even on a summer special, we thought we can still slot in a nice batch of random acts of irrational annoyance, those tiny little technically irrelevant things in life that royally do your nut. They send you over the... They don't actually matter. We know that, but they still send your head into a wee whiz. They're random acts of irrational annoyance. Because let's be fair, in the summertime, people get drunk and angrier. They get hot, they get drunk, they get angry. Nutritional bars. Nutritional bars? Yes. You know nutritional bars that have all the nutritional content of a llama's bell end? <laughs> Those things. Yeah. And you, in fact, the latter would probably be preferable. And you look at them and they are, there's absolutely nothing nutritional. Like, for example, a condensed 
bowl of Frosties in a bar, mm. I don't believe is proffering you a whole bunch of health kick. So they slightly annoy me mm. because people... Well, actually, it's the people who buy them annoy me. Because people buy them who think they're doing something healthy. And in fact, it's just like buying a bag of chips. Why don't they have a nutritional chip bar? They should have. Although, knowing you're a luck, you'd, you'd probably try and turn your chips into a smoothie and be sick all day. Stick your llama's bell end in a smoothie. See how that works out for you. 5,000 chips merged together with sugar. <laughs> I'll have some of that. And the other one are those security words on websites that are written in that obscure scroll that are there to stop people... Uh, what are they there for? They're there to stop some kind of spamming... Security. And security. Make, make, proving you're a human being and not like a, a machine. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it says, you know, copy this word. Yeah, I'd love to. If I could read it! Invariably, you've got... Is that an I? Is that a, is that two U's or a W? Is that a T? <laughs> What's that next to the air? Is that an F or a T? Or number two. Shocking. I went through eight the other day. Before I, before I actually threw one up that I could copy. Good Lord. Crazy. Kev. Now, well, this is one that sort of appears in the news and sort of weird internet news from time to time, which I don't quite get. And there's a story to this. A Michigan teenager found an unexpected item in his Arby's restaurant sandwich. A human finger. Ryan Hart, 14 was eating a roast beef sandwich when he put into a piece he described as particularly rubbery. He spit out the item, which turned out to be part of a finger, measuring about one inch long and a quarter inch thick. Here's my question. Yeah. If you were working, making sandwiches, making burgers, making whatever, fast food, restaurant, would you actually, if you lost part of your finger, go, oh, better not mention it, hope nobody notices, because yes. that would be bad, wouldn't it? Because the first thing you'd probably do is go, Ah! <laughs> Exactly. And then you'd be like, oh, Maureen, I see you've lost half your finger. Oh, well, you know, these things happen. They don't really happen that often. Stick it in the baguette next to my toe. Which begs the question, are there people who are actually out there who think, hmm, I fancy a bit of money. What if I cut off a bit of my own finger and stick it in a sandwich and say I found it in there, uh, and then I can get some money from this fast food place? So you think the kid... Cut his own finger well, off. Well, not necessarily him. He'd be rumbled quite easily, wouldn't Somebody, you? Somebody, I think there was a case actually with Wendy's. finger based inspection. Wendy's, <laughs> Wendy's burgers, where somebody bought. That's correct. Somebody bought a bit of old finger and, and stuck it in their burger and said, Look what I found. But the guy whose finger it was was, well, fingered, really. And uh, they, they caught him and they all went to prison. <laughs> Happy where days. Where they found out what a fingering really was. <laughs> yeah. This comes from Paul Rudd. Uh, my random acts of annoyance are middle aged swingers. What the hell has to happen in your marriage to decide that life will be much more improved by cocking your leg over a pensioner? <laughs> I have no idea, but you're right. Um, there is, because we've done phone-ins on this before, they are usually of a certain age. Mm. Uh, a lot of young guys make think, I'm going to go to a... I know somebody, I know a journalist who went to a swingers club oh, yeah. for a, a piece he was writing and actually thought, well, it'll be quite an interesting piece just to see who's there and stuff, but it, it might be a... Oh, yeah. Bit of a night. And when he turned up there, not only did everybody look as if they needed ironing, it was <laughs> just clearly a night of people he would go nowhere near. And did he? Sort of all manner of toothless simpletons mooching around, just waiting for some action. Did he have a bit? Uh, a little bit. Did he? What was his name? Name him. Philip. No, Brighton. no, it's all right. Seriously, name him. Look, I'll switch the profanity to yeah. on, and I'll put it on this so you name him, it'll just be beeped. Oh, brilliant. Okay, his yeah. name is... <laughs> Oh, well, that explains everything. Could have guessed that. Yeah. Uh, this is Phil in Brighton. My random act of irrational annoyance is men in supermarkets with their tops off just because we had a bit of sun. There's lots of that going on. Yeah. Fatfee says, people who have a driveway built and then park outside your house. Yeah, oh, man. That's quite a common one, actually. Juliet, 
Uh, people who put used tea bags into the sink to drain. It's a good point. The, um, what do you do with yours? And, and, and we put discussed this bin. last. Yeah, we discussed this last week yeah. about tea and coffee. You're posh, and you have one of those things that evaporates stuff in your sink. We stick them in our compost. Oh, you could do that. Yeah, your compost. The good life. No, we got a compost bin. Don't you yeah, have a compost? Felicity Kent. No, but you, most normal people these days, I'm sure, have like a, a compost heap or a compost. But there bin. is a bin. Yeah, I've yeah. never used it. Man. Sitting outside the front door. Probably council dropped it off about seven years ago. <laughs> well, you should be using it. I thought it. it was a bucket for the first three years. But the, the theory goes, you put your stuff in there and then the worms get at it and underneath it gives you a nice bit of compost which you can throw around your garden. I shall remember that. Yeah. Rob Riding says, people who munch away on the contents of their trolley during a food shop, mm. can't they wait till they get home? Yeah. No, but here's an, an additional thing with that. Uh. Is it acceptable if it's to hush up a screaming kid? If Is it acceptable know. to open, like, a, a box of... A box of frosty cereal bars, yeah. for example, and give one to the kid because you know it's going to keep them quiet and it's not going to disturb other uh, other customers mm. and it's all a good thing. And all you have to do is explain it when you get to the till. What's not acceptable is to buy uh, a ready meal and then nip over to the microwave section <laughs> <laughs> and then just walk around <laughs> eating your shepherd's pie. Did you get into trouble for that again? <laughs> Still can't go back in Lidl's. <laughs> JB says... <laughs> My act of annoyance. 20p pens that are secured to bank counters. Always on a short change and always to the left-hand side. No good for us left-handers. Yeah, this is true. Well, we're talking about writing implements. What is the deal with pencils these days? You can't. You have to spend it's a, a lot. deal with them. If you try and sharpen, if you buy, a, like, 20 cheap pencils, yeah. and you think, oh, we're getting a bargain Never here. go cheap. You can't with pencils now. You have to buy quality pencils, because the second you sharpen them, the lead breaks... And it's like a domino effect, and the lead just shatters all it the way shatters up your, all the way, all the way up down your pencil. pencil yeah. Sharon Threlfall says, <laughs> My act of annoyance are the highly personal interrogations I get by randoms when I'm out with my twins. Are they identical? Are they IVF? C-section? Bog off! I'm knackered! <laughs> yeah, I've heard that before. Why would you ask somebody that? Surely you can see if they're identical. Usually you can, can't hmm. you? But you wouldn't ask somebody if they had their... It's just rude, isn't it? Bits cut about, would you? <laughs> Chip Butty says... No, yeah, no, no. Is back. Technical ads that feature the phrase sequence shortened. Yes. Yeah, it takes five minutes to do it in real life, but two seconds on the ad. Adam says uh, the phrase at large when somebody is missing. <laughs> if they're that large, how come they're so hard to find? <laughs> it's a very good point. They do say he's still at large. Yeah. So he's still missing. Was it Mike Yarwood at large? Not that he was missing. He was missing now. Oh, I had a program some... called Mike Yarwood. I'm, sure, I'm sure it was Mike Yarwood at large. Jonathan Horsfall says, the water that comes out of the ketchup bottle if you don't shake it. Very annoying. Oh, that's a good one. It's only with a particular brand, though. If you, if you buy other brands, not supermarket ones necessarily, then you don't get that watery effect. I don't you know what it, that is. You get it with Heinz. But you always shake the bottle up, don't you, if you've got any sense? Yes, you're meant to. Because then you get the water mixes up with the, the yeah. goodness. McBrucey says, <laughs> asking for a lotto ticket at the merchant's like W. H. Smith's, and then getting it printed on the sort of same paper they print the receipt on, and then throwing it away. Oh. Worse than that would be noting the numbers and realise you'd won. Do you know I've never bought a lottery ticket? Ever? Ever. Really? Because I have that sort of weird theory that if I buy one, then I have to win because of the way fate works. So I can't buy one. Does that make sense? <laughs> <laughs> you Hang on, you can't buy one because yeah, of what? because if I buy one, I'm convinced if I buy one, I'll win. So I can't buy one because I don't want to prove myself wrong. So if you don't win, then you realise that fate is just a lot of old Exactly. Bunk. Okay. Heather Allen says, uh, those who drive uh, 10 miles an hour below the speed limit, uh, hack ones at 8, did 50 in a 60, 30 in a 40, 20 in a 30, 10 in a 20, 
all on open country road. She makes a fair point. I mean, I know it's a, it's an oldie, but it's always a goodie because it's always unfathomable. It's yeah. always irrelevant. You know, why? Why would somebody choose to do that? And how could somebody doing it not know they're doing it? That's the bit that's annoying. It's not just that you're driving below the speed limit. It's the idea that you can't be aware that you're doing it that bothers most people. On the other hand, if I'm driving along and the speed limit is, say, if it's like a 20, for example... And there's a car behind me which is desperate to get someone comes up right behind you. Yeah. I will intentionally slow down to about 17 just to pick them off. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, Nora Kane says, Kids riding their bikes one-handed while I have to grip both handlebars tightly. I'm annoyed and very jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Nora. I'd agree with that. You can send uh, Random Acts of Irrational Annoyance uh, to ian at onceaword.com. Kev at onceaword.com. I'll ignore everything you send me. Though. He never replies to anything. Uh, at Ian Collins UK on Twitter as well. Uh, don't forget, still to come, by the way, Del Strain. Del Strain! He's popping in with a massive summer list. Yeah. I've got a feeling it's going to be good, because yeah. I can see him through the little glass. He's wearing his shorts. And a, has a huge bundle of something under his arm. That's his penis. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> The Mitsubishi ASX comes with active stability and traction control, on-demand four-wheel drive, hill start assist, and Mitsubishi's legendary reliability. For more information, search for Mitsubishi Cars. Sideshow Kev's Showbiz Shoebox. Uh, of course, that means only one thing. It's Kev's Shoebox of flippity jibbity nonsense, whatever the hell it is. What is it with the flippity jibbity nonsense? No idea. I don't even know what this feature is. It's Sideshow Kev's Showbiz Shoebox, our weekly look at the box of showbiz bluff we find under the bed. Do you know this is the nearest I've ever got to suicidal? Is it? Good. This week, it's finally summertime. Uh, and we're all feeling summery. You've got your shorts on. Correct. But as it's finally summer, what better way to celebrate than to take a wander down Bad Taste Boulevard? as we take a long, cold look at some odd celebrity deaths. As this week, we play Celebrity Stiff Mania. Andre, give me some Celebrity Stiff Mania music, please, you bastard! Very easy, Ian Collins. Yep. In the following shoebox, one celebrity or notable figure has died in a mysterious manner. You just have to guess which one of the three methods of dying is the one that they actually died from. Okay. Make sense? Good. Number one, share shagging singing super stoner Sonny Bono. How did he die? Was it A, he was mauled by a dancing dog? B, he skied into a tree? Or C, he was shot by Bono from U2 over pronunciation issues? I got a funny feeling. And there's, uh, there's clearly nothing funny about any of this, going to just outline that first of all. But I got a funny feeling. None of this is funny. That old you wife. Got that right. That wife beating turkey skied into a tree. Ian Collins scores one death point. How do you ski into a tree? You should give it a go next skiing trip you go on. <laughs> well, uh, number two, LOLO. It's LO, uh, ELO founder member Mike Edwards. How did he sadly die? Was it A, a giant bale of hay tumbled down a hill and crashed onto his van? B, after his attempt to catch the Roadrunner failed and his Acme Roadrunner catching robot exploded? Or C, strange magic? I, well, it's clearly, are you going to tell me it was A? It was A. A bale of hay fell on his head? Very well, it sort of rolled down the hill when he was driving along and that was it. Number three, croc-catching cockabilly Steve Irwin, the crocodile hunter. 
How did he meet his untimely demise? Was it A, after being shot by an irate David Bellamy? B, after he failed to send a chain email to at least ten of his friends and something bad did happen? Or C, when he was impaled by a short-tailed stingray barb while filming a documentary? Yeah, this, of course, uh, Steve Owen, the man who danced with alligators, frolicked with crocodiles, flirted with sharks, mooched around with killer octopi, and uh, got impaled by a baby stingray or something. Ian Collins scores another point. Luckily, his daughter has a show and has very much picked up the mantle of going out and looking at weird wee beasties. Good. Number four. Not quite a celebrity, but still a notable figure. Tennessee's own whiskey-swilling weirdo, Jack Daniel. How did old Jack meet his demise? Was it A, he hung himself after failing to guess the top survey answer on Vernon Kay's family fortunes? <laughs> B, he kicked a safe... Or C, his local served him a Jack Daniels and Pepsi instead of the Diet Coke he'd ordered. It can't, it can't be C, can it? it, can, it can well, I'm C. asking you. Don't ask me. I'm C. asking you. So He kicked a safe. He did kick a safe. Kicked a safe, broke his toe, blood infection, dead. No. Jack, dead. Silly old goose. And number five. Again, not really a celebrity, but a notable figure. Yeah. Alexander I of Greece. Ah, oh, my favourite. He'd be very disappointed if he was around now, I'd imagine. Yeah. How did he die? A. After swallowing a bit of dodgy faita he bought from a stall in Camden Market, only £7. B. After being bitten by his gardener's pet monkey. Or C. After Bob Carrollgees mistook him for Spit the Dog and tried to insert his arm up his... Wag, wag, oops. Are you telling me Alexander the First was bitten by a monkey? Yeah. It's well, monkey his, no, his gardener's monkey. Correct. Here's a point. Why did his gardener have a monkey? Every, everyone's garden. Doesn't your gardener have a monkey? Yeah, I have a gardener, don't I? Of course you do. I have a monkey. Yeah, you're all showbiz and rich in that. <laughs> so how many did I get? Uh, a few. Yeah. If you've got any showbiz shoebox sh you want to send my way, go to Twitter, at Sideshow underscore Kev, or Kev at onceaword.com. Nah, 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 nah. Good work. Voicemail roulette. Please leave a message. Uh, so here we go. It's voicemail roulette. Remember, fifty pounds. Fifty pounds. It's uh, given to the uh, what we consider to be the very best. And once we've decided at some point who is the best, we dispense the fifty pounds. Yeah, that's genuine, by the way. No, that's it is not absolutely. Just a pair of monkeys making it up. Uh, voicemail roulette. O double seven eight nine eighteen thirty two sixty two. It's where you call with a question, a point, a rant, or anything else you fancy. Kev has the machine. Are you ready, Sideshow? I'm whacking it with my giant stick of rock from Great Yarmouth now! Hey, Ian. Hey, Kev. It's award-winning Mike here. Yeah, I just wanted to call and let you know I still don't need your lousy podcast because I'm award-winning radio executive. And not only that, not only am I award-winning, but I also have the respect of George Galloway. Yes, George Galloway. Respect. You know, like the song says, R-E-S-P-T, R-R-E-S-P-T. He's off his chump. There's something going on there. I mean, it's sort of like every week there's something. It's because the guy the other week, when George Galloway called. Yeah. Set made some handsome bass reference. Oh, he just loves being mentioned. You can't get enough yeah. of it. But we do love him. You might. It's another. Hi, Ian. Great podcast. This is Chris from Holloway. Uh, I've got a quick question for you. I'm just wondering what you think is winning a fight. A horse the size of a duck or 50 ducks with big bills that are like horses that smell really funny? Well, thank you, Chris. I think that's a great scenario. Hmm. A horse the size... What the, was it? A horse is a horse, of course. A duck. horse the size of a duck. Something to do with pigeons? No, it was a big duck-shaped horse. That or was it. 50 ducks that... That was it. ...looked like a horse. 
Who gives a sh? The real winners are the fans. <laughs> but I go for 50 duck every time. Uh, here's another. I think this is based on a question I put out on Twitter. Sorry, what's week. Twitter? Uh, Twitter is a social networking site. And how would I get in touch with you on Twitter? Uh, at Ian Collins UK, Kev. Uh, that's excellent. How would I get in touch with you on Twitter? Just leave me alone. At Tosser. <laughs> Works every time. We asked if you could name Playaway or Play School presenters that we hadn't heard of. Yeah. So we all know that Derek Griffiths and that bloke from Ain't Half Hot Mum, as well as Jeremy Irons... Can't. Of course you can. We all know that those people did it. But were there any others that we missed? Play school over 24 years. Uh, Julie Stevens, Carol Ward, Eric Thompson, Terence Holland, Valerie Pitts, uh, Carol Charles, Sarah Long, Tony Arthur, Elizabeth Milbank, Stuart Bradley, Simon Davis, Carmen Monroe, Miranda Connell, Johnny Ball and Lionel Morton. And that's Elizabeth in Enfield. <laughs> I tell you what, Elizabeth, that is about as extensive as it gets. Valerie Pitts. Valerie Pitts? <laughs> Valerie Pitts? Valerie Pitts. Is Valerie Pitts is listening to this right now? Drop us a voicemail on 07789 183262. Just tell us what you're doing now. Uh, here's another. Yeah, his name is Ian Collins, and he wants a word. He's interviewed Helen and Ollie, and he's made a dirty tape. He's had Grace Dent on his knee and fraternised with John Maloney. He's verbally abused Ian Lee and he works with a pleb called Sideshow Cat. He takes me to verbal ecstasy. Thank you very much. I'll tell you what, he can call every yeah, week. Very, very good. I'm this song. Very nice. If you can drop us the best in uh, voicemail detail and stuff. Voicemail detail. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, I missed a trick there. Yeah. Uh, let's do this. Ian Collins wants a word. Keep on the sunny side, always on the sunny side. Keep on the sunny side of mine. So that gorgeous intro does actually mean, uh, and we are consistent with the fact that it's a summer special and we're quite bright and breezy sort of characters here. We thought, who do we bring along to give us a definitive summer heat, sunshine-based facts, figures, and basic education? None other. He's Glasgow's own. Mr. Del Strain Del is Strain. here. Del Strain. Oh. He's back. How, How are you, Del? I'm back. Back, Ian. I'm fine, thank you. And you're like a sunshine boy, so <laughs> we thought... Oh, I love the sun, yeah, I love the sun. Yeah. I really do. If I was a Mayan, I'd be throwing people off pyramids. I would. <laughs> so we thought we'll have ten facts, uh, juicy facts, to sort of... What have we got? Well, we got heat-related, summer-related... Well, see, first of all, I think talking to a Scottish person... About the summer is like talking to a sociopath about compassion. I hear you, brother! <laughs> we, we don't usually get it. <laughs> well, I love the summer. The, my first inkling of summer was the double-deckers. Because yeah. my old man used to go to work, and I used to get out of the morning, eat the cold toast, and watch Donut and the Gang. Brilliant. And it was the summer holidays, you know? Yeah. But, I mean... Summer's a lot of things to a lot of people. I think men are a lot more chivalrous in the summer. I think when you wake up in the morning, the palette for the day is set. The women look lovely. I think that's why the Spanish and Italians are so passionate and the South Americans. You think so? And a lot of men holding doors open for ladies a lot more than in the winter, which, of course, has got nothing to do with having a sneak at their posterior. <laughs> nothing at all. After you've done it, you Absolutely. know. Absolutely. So it's just, everyone feels better. The serotonin levels yeah. are up and... 
It's just well, I held the door open for Kev earlier on. I don't know what to make of that. You did? Well, nice, nice ass. It is. Thank you very much. <laughs> I was going to say, though, Dale, I mean, growing up in Scotland, do you remember the singing kettle? I do. Yeah. I do. This thing that used to be on, these two people with a guitar singing folk songs about buses and grannies and uh, things, and it was on during the summer. It was a summer holiday special. I wish I grew up in Scotland. Look at it now. You've got Balamori. God help us. Don't even have Jack and Ori, do you? There's not even places like that in Scotland. If it was realistic, you should have, like, you know, some more colourful characters in Balamori, let's say. <laughs> Going to the chemist and that. <laughs> Josie Junk. <laughs> Hello, Hello Josie, where are you going today? <laughs> I'm going to get my meth. <laughs> You've got teeth, you must be middle class. <laughs> Bang. You haven't got any now. No, that'd be a wee bit real to life. You <laughs> that'd know? be something else. Uh, so give us a... Let's start off then, Del, with fact number ten. Well, wedding dresses, do you know that you could fill the whole of five Wembleys with wedding dresses, the amount of people that actually are crazy enough to get married in the summer? Is that right? You could, and you could line sausage rolls from London to Birmingham and obese people from Birmingham to Manchester <laughs> to eat them. <laughs> with the amount of people that will be there. Also keeping it very current, I think it's 50 Olympic-sized swimming pools full of champagne. Is that right? Wow. Sh- sure is. Summer weddings. Summer weddings. Of course, all ends in tears. But <laughs> yeah. when, when you say Olympic swimming pools, you mean the usual Olympic Games ones are the ones in London which are inevitably going to leak? Well, of course they're going to leak right down on the person who's staying below it. Unlike the pe- sad people that's had the missiles put on the roof and then dared to speak about it and got evicted. Bit of politics from Del oh, Strait, yeah. everybody. Rick, you don't say. Let's have a uh, summary fact number nine, Del. Summer babies are less academic than their classmate, and that's from the Institute of Fiscal Studies. August babies, especially girls, it says, are unlucky <laughs> in the birth draw. Is that right? It sure is. So you're, you're thick if you're born in the summer? I think it's got something to do with your age. I think it's got something really? to do with the age of the August babies yeah. specifically that they go into a class where the people are maybe 10 months older than them. I yeah. think it's a bit like that. But I don't see how that's, that holds no, any water. That does make sense because Mike Hansen was a summer baby and he's a f***ing <laughs> idiot. <laughs> Here comes summer fact number eight. Germans fought better in the summer. <laughs> That's why they would never have conquered Scotland, i.e. Stalingrad. Hello. So they had a better hit rate in the summer? They sure did. Do you hear that middle-aged teenage mutant Angela Myrtle? (laughs) (laughs) Let's have, I like the German fact. And did we decide, is it Angela or Angela? All the wee wee angles that are playing, I think it should be Angela. (laughs) Let's have summer fact number seven. Um, the summer, of course, is always a time for Euros, World Cup, Olympics, for Andrew Murray to be called um, British for about a week of the year. <laughs> you know, it's, it's the sort of same time when we build people up and at home men have got no football to go on a Saturday and are harangued in to go into home base and B&Q. Do you know that £200 million worth of garden furniture comes home in a box never to see a screwdriver? Stop it. Lies there till next year. £200 million. 200 million. A flat pack kit. Flat pack kit. Kids' playhouses, swings, those seat chairs. Yes, which which basically speaks for itself the, the psyche of this society, buying things that we don't need nah. and going to B&Q and thinking that you're Monty Don, <laughs> which is always dangerous because, let's face it, Monty's got breeding. Good call. Uh, Hiccup, summer fact number six. Of course, I mean, that's amazed me. I remember my, my aunt telling me this when I was little at um, Blackpool. A cup of tea will refresh you more 
than coke. What kind of coke? No, not that kind. No, 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 not that kind. Definitely, kids. Not Tony Montana kind. I'm talking about the Santa Claus at Christmas holidays are coming kind. Um, and alcohol and coffee. That's bullshit, isn't it? No, tea does cool you down if well, you're it does thirsty. cool you down, but how can... I mean, how many times have you come in from a day where you've had a bit of chip on the train or even in the car or the bus and given the choice of a, a very, an ice-cold something or a boiling hot cup of tea? I think the thing is it dehydrates you more scientifically. That is a fact. In the long run? In the long run, yeah. But this is an interesting thing because we were talking about this the other day with the Viet Cong used to drink warm water because the body absorbed it more That's and right. it, it cooled them down. Yeah, and sometimes those Waffen SS that escaped from Germany and joined the French Foreign Legion yeah. used to pour boiling water on top of the Viet Cong, and that was actually where they learned their torture techniques on the Americans. Happy days. <laughs> You're not likely to be tunneling around Lewisham, though, are you, Dale, any time soon? <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've been having visions of being camoed up in a gillied up suit on the roof with a sniper's rifle, to be perfectly <laughs> honest, the way it's been the last couple of weeks. But, um, no, we're all right. Picking off the Bermondsey Kong. <laughs> yeah, the Bermondsey Kong. Let's go for summer fact number five. The most popular summer names the last couple of years have been Jack and Harry, Sophie and Emily, Oliver and Olivia. And they seem to do better than most other kids with different names. Of course, it's nothing to do with the fact that most of the people who name their children these names are affluent. <laughs> That's right. It's, it's got got nothing to do money. with that, has it? Let's have summer fact <laughs> number four. Sex. In the summer, like I was saying, the passions are there. Yeah. Do you know last year in Tesco's... Um, you had sex how many times? I'll tell you what, for two weeks of last summer, let's just say I should have been living off lettuce. The old tactic, going to Tesco's, about half five to half six, basket, nice bottle of plonk, some strawberries, and this is most important, three boxes of extra last condoms. <laughs> and then you just hang around the meat counter. Where else? You just hang around a meat counter. Within a week, you get your own ticket machine. Are you telling me that it, the supermarket is a pulling boudoir? It sure is. You've really? got you've you've got different demographics. There's quite a lot of effort to go to, isn't there? Not if you're going there anyway. I mean, according to your basket, I've swiped you in at about thirty-eight quid so far. Yeah, it's pretty expensive. You could go for the professional touch for what I was spending, but that's against my morals. Let's go for summer facts number three. The frisbee. Hey, so, hey. so many pictures on the. I mean, I've never ever played one. I, I, I'm not really a fan of frisbees, you know, but they were and they are a big part of people's summers. And of course, they were invented in America mm -hmm. by the geezer who made the pie, ate the pie, threw the dish, noticed it, and then made the invention. Today, it would never have happened. He would eat the pie and the frisbee <laughs> <laughs> and went by and got another three. Yeah. I so, would have been taxed even more. Taxed even more, yes. <laughs> you know, but I, a frisbee always reminds me of your job's hat. You know, in America, they do extreme frisbee now. It's yeah. like frisbee, but more dangerous. Sure. I have no further details. Oh, you join up. Well, if anybody's got any, yeah. send them to us. Ian at onceaword.com. No, they parachute you into Felicia <laughs> with a Union Jack suit on and a frisbee. That's <laughs> <laughs> a crack on something extreme. Uh, let's have, I think it's summer fact number two. Festivals. Oh, God. Big part of everyone's rite no. of passage, of course. No. Glastonbury, beautiful days Stay and Dorset. Away, There's so many, you know. Stay away. And that's my first first memory of a festival and like hearing the, the drum and bass and the uh, smell of fire and the dogs on strings. And yeah, people, when Glastonbury was good before the middle class stole it. People shitting in bushes. What a lovely, <laughs> what a lovely way well, to spend do, a couple they, of days. They do that in South London, right? <laughs> you know when you go to a festival, you yeah, do that. Yeah, but you don't get Rolf Harris at the end of the night in South London. <laughs> that's the difference. And here we are, Del Strain with Summer Fact number one. Everybody. Oh, it's got to be... 
UK seaside resorts. <laughs> but I'm like, boo, Margate, Southend. Scarborough. Love it. Chips and gravy. Yeah. Three buds a day. All the cider you can drink. <laughs> and then going back down there five months later for a court case usually. <laughs> but we actually stole a tram in Blackpool one time. What? We stole a tram. How can you steal a tram? Because a guy got out and went into the little box. Because you just jump on and press a button. It's quite easy to drive. <laughs> a fool could do it, as my mate showed. <laughs> And we got absconded up by the tower. They didn't arrest us. It was 30 of us. But um, yeah, we did. Yeah. Happy yeah. days. Eh? Happy days. Eh? I remember when all you could say was jocks driving trams up there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, Del, great to see you again. Uh, where's the best place for folk to look to see where they can see you performing? They're up and down the country the next couple of weeks um, from Stoke to Newcastle on the line. Up to Edinburgh and then back down to London, but the creativity at the moment took a bit of a dunt just because of the move and that, which turned into basically the Battle of the Bulge. There you go. That, everybody, Mr. Del Stream! Credit Stream. So there you go, episode 18, done and dusted and ready to share with your mates. Try and get over to iTunes if you can, and if you enjoyed this podcast, lob us a nice five-star review. We'll find out if you didn't. Thanks to you for downloading this, thanks to all of our guests. All can be followed on Twitter, as can we, at Ian Collins UK. The in-show feature and sponsor music is by Kevin McLeod, at Incomputech.com. The show's technical operator is Andre Porch. Programme edited by Manny Kendall. Our researcher was Marmaduke Hussey, and the in-show catering was supplied, as ever, by Abdul's coffee shack one small favor please stand at the top of a big hill with a massive hailer and bark your unequivocal approval of this podcast make sure you tell a friend where you're going first we'll be back next week with another ian collins wants a word we can't wait but can you goodbye a big things media production conquer life's mountains with the mitsubishi asx powering ian collins wants a word Ian f***ing Collins, shut the f*** up!